We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Bucks won a f***ing NBA championship. Yeah! What? What? He tries to take a pulse, baby. Watching that basketball game, like, caused health problems for me. Boogie hates racism and Chris Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this, I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too bad. No, 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 no. The Bucks do win it all. Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there, welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks and Greek national team podcast, proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the Eurostep Podcast Network. I am one of your hosts, Ty Windish. I am joined as always by the hydrated but not paid enough, not compensated enough for it, Rohan Kadi. Rohan, how's it going? I'm doing well, Ty. I'm doing as well as I can. It's it's tough seeing Giannis lose. Uh, we're coming to you right after Greece was defeated by Germany in the round in the quarterfinals of Eurobasket. But I'm I'm doing all right. But Ty, you know how I could be doing even better. How's that? One coconut water sponsorship. Mm. Two, if everyone listening to this is subscribed wherever they're listening, watching to this YouTube podcast platform of choice. Check out gspn.info for all of our links, including Talk of the Tundra, mm. which is our Green Bay Packers podcast, which is getting rolling. Now that the Packers are uh, disappointed in week <laughs> one, <laughs> uh, you can check out all the content over there. Ty, you've been active on that uh, on that podcast, but also check out Cruising for a Bruising, which is our Milwaukee Brewers podcast. Uh, Make Time for This, which is our pop culture movies, TV show, podcast, lots of stuff. Check it all out at gspn.info. You know oh, where it, also oh, yeah. also I I can't go without from uh, saying this uh, win in six mm. here on this this very feed on the Eurostep podcast network on your podcast platform of choice. Uh, Jordan Tresky had a great audio essay on uh, Larry Costello and him getting inducted into the NBA Hall of Fame this past weekend, which Adam McGee bullied the Bucks into posting about on Twitter and across <laughs> social media, which was fantastic because they didn't acknowledge it at all, and then. Uh, then Adam went on his little rant, and all of a sudden, they acknowledge it. It's almost like GSPN has power. <laughs> and uh, it's almost like we don't and never will have uh, Bucks credentials. But uh, in, in any in any case, uh, there's a full episode, too, about the Bucks coaches going into the hall, as well as Jordan's audio essay. So go check that out on the Eurostep Podcast Network, the Bucks feed, so to speak. Check out all the other stuff. And if you're listening on YouTube or watching on YouTube, 
Why don't you give us a thumbs up? Let's bust the algorithm. That's what all the kids say, right? Give us the thumbs up. Double thumbs up, three thumbs up, all the thumbs up on the YouTube vids. Okay. Let's get into it. Um, Greece beat the Czech Republic in the first round of the knockout phase of Eurobasket 2022. And then for the second straight, or yeah, the third straight phase of their competition this summer, they had to take on a team in their home country. They had to play Serbia in Belgrade in the World Cup qualifiers. They had to play Italy in Milan in the group stage. And they had to play Germany in Berlin in the knockout round, the second round, to get to the semifinals. And despite there being a large Greek contingent at this game, it was certainly still a German home game. And Germany played like it, shooting the lights out at one point before garbage time. Germany was up to 62% from three. And a couple of runs really busted this thing open. Giannis gets ejected late after... I wouldn't say dominating to his usual maybe level, but the stats do look that way. But all this to say Greece falls 107-96. Germany advances to the next round. Giannis is now done for the summer until Bucks camp starts up, which is like later this month. So he's not done for that long. It's like 34 days or something until the season? uh, 37. 37. I saw it was he who shall not be named day. On, on the Bucks Reddit, they're doing, like, player jerseys for how many days there are until the season. And number 37 was the last one I saw, so. Fair enough. I'm glad you saw that one time. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I've seen, like, one other one, and then, of course, they, they put that one right up in front of me for some reason. Uh, should, we, should we talk about the uh, Czech Republic game a little bit first? Um, we can. Or, or no, let's, let's, this one's fresh. Let's talk about this. Yeah. One. So... It starts out with Germany absolutely shooting the lights out. In the first quarter, or some point in the first quarter, they are 8 of 10 from deep, and Greece cannot get anything to fall. Germany just comes out. They are hotter than fish grease, as Mark Jones would say. It's tough. It's tough to really hang with a team that does that. It's just getting a lot of of Bucks vibes as we continue to confuse and say Bucks when we mean Greek national team and vice versa on this podcast as we have previously. It seemed very boxy. The opponent was shooting the lights out from three, but but Greece managed to hang with them. They managed to make it a four-point deficit at the end of the first quarter, and a lot of that is purely because of Giannis. Giannis was doing whatever he could to really keep this team in it. Uh, he was getting to the basket. He was making his jumpers. He was creating beautiful, beautiful uh, looks for his teammates off pr- crisp and precise passes. He was dissecting that German defense. And that was the only reason that Greece had a chance to stay in this game and were in this game. It was just because of Giannis. And eventually when Greece started to cool down, or excuse me, Germany started to cool down, you saw Greece sort of build upon it, build upon it. And that culminated with them taking a, what was it, a four-point lead in the halftime? Yeah, after an insane uh, Slukas um, half-court jumper not jumper i guess heave after a dennis Schroeder travel yeah greece was up four at the half really inspiring first half for greece to hang in there despite the onslaught of threes and other jumpers i mean tice was out there looking like like prime arvidas sabonis just everything going in beautiful touch uh it it was an onslaught from germany who played as well as you can play in this game 
But in the first half, Greece, I was really impressed with how uh, the, the team withstood that and just continued to relentlessly play and get points back. Unfortunately, that did not carry into the third quarter. It did not. This team came out flat, absolutely flat, Greece did in that third quarter. I don't know how else to describe it besides just flat, because that's what it felt like watching the game. It just viscerally felt flat. No one had any bounce, no one had any movement. And just schematically, they were all over the place. You just uh, you come out in the second half and you're just going under uh, screens with uh, Dennis Schroeder, who's been, who was a solid shooter in this game. You're not getting any switches on any off-ball screens. You don't even make an attempt to try to dart under on pin downs, letting for wide open threes. It just felt, it just felt empty. It felt like, it felt like Bud yelled at them at halftime. But Bud's not even in the country. Well, as, as far as we know, we don't My know where Bud, we don't know where Bud is. Um, Greece gets outscored twenty-six to ten in the third quarter. They end up winning the fourth and the second, and they lost the first by one. So it was the whole game. I agree. I think flat is the perfect word. I think schematically there were certainly some issues. Um, I had kind words for Etudis after you know the first half performance and Greece hanging in there. I thought some serious issues in game plan in the third quarter. What you're mentioning, it wasn't Schroeder shooting that hurt Greece as much on some of those switches. Just really – like immediate switches. Like as soon as the shooter gets close to a big, Greece was switching it. They were just going one pass away and then get to the paint and take advantage of that mismatch every time. And as we mentioned, I mean, this German team was red hot. If you give hot, skilled players good looks over shorter guys, more often than not, they're going to go in. And that's just, that's what Germany took advantage of. In addition to you know, threes whenever things broke down. And sometimes when they didn't. I mean, there was a point in the fourth quarter where it looked like maybe Greece was going to come back. Germany just made a bunch of tough threes, including a Franz Wagner step back over Giannis. That there's just like, okay, there's nothing you can do about that. I had my dithers with Giannis's defense in this game. I did not think it was all that good, especially in the first half. But that play was not an example of that. That play was just like, okay, they're they're red hot, they're making shots, and it's you just got to deal with that. So I think, you know, Greece still could have won despite the hot shooting, but coming out so flat, both schematically and energy wise, in the third period or third quarter, really ended up doing in the Greek team. And I've just got to say, we're, we're gonna hate on someone, a specific person later in this episode. I want to praise Yanolos. Gia- Laren Zakis, I almost I can't believe I did the John thing. Like I don't know about Giannis, Giannis, uh, Laren Zakis, who was by far the best Greek player, not named Giannis, forcing German take or turnovers in the first half, ends up going five for five from the field with eighteen points. He had not scored ten, I think, at all with the Greek team in um, EuroBasket play to this point. He was brilliant. He only plays 17 minutes. Well, I, I just uh, that was one of the decisions for me, especially after how well he played in like the second quarter. Him not playing more in the second half really bothered me. Yeah, it's just it's you have to you have to feed the hot hand. And for Greece, that was Lauren Zykis. So like, he's a guy who's giving you effort, giving you consistent defense. He is getting in the heads of Dennis Schroeder and Franz Wagner. He was getting the better of Franz Wagner in like the first half there. You just got to ride with it. You have to ride with that. You cannot let that sort of go away. He was, I tweeted this during the game, he was the X Factor. 
but he just sort of went away from it. Like uh, Tudis did, Greek uh, head coach, went away from it. Uh, another sort of criticism I had of sort of the rotation is I get it. I understand he's not as experienced, uh, not as big. Why not give Costa some run? You give up 16 offensive rebounds to a German team, especially when you, Greece, have Giannis, have Yorgos Papianis, who was getting sort of outplayed because of his... He uh, was getting cardio, and that's yes. it. Papianis accomplished almost nothing. The stats look okay. He was just out there. Yeah, he he was he was just out there running. Yeah. Uh, but if you get Costas in there, he has proven that he can be a mobile big. He can go gobble up rebounds. I get it. You don't want to go with your less experienced guy. I get it. I understand it. I'm saying maybe that could have been an option. Yeah, I think it should have been. I think anything ex- – the honest poppy honest you have, thing you – to, You have to switch things up. You can't, you can't come out that flat and expect things to sort of correct themselves. You have to go out there and provide a solution because you don't have time for things to self-correct. This is it. This is elimination game. This isn't a series or anything like I mentioned on previous episodes. It's one game and you're done. And this is the consequence of it. Yeah, I think – I mean the the tough part for Greece was so many of the regulars just were not playing well enough quite frankly. I mean Tyler Dorsey gets 13 points but it takes him 12 shots. Um, Papianis I, – I just – I don't think Papianis and Giannis has worked at all in this tournament. I don't understand why they played together so much in this game either. I think Papianis' best game – I mean one, it was against like Great Britain, which cool. And two, I think it, his best minutes are when Giannis is sitting because – the space is just garbage with Giannis and Papianis because teams aren't worried about Papianis doing anything. So they're just going to – it's so easy to put players in the paint against Giannis and make his life harder. Again, he still scores 31 points in 30 minutes, but it was harder than it had to be. And I think Greece's offense got so bogged down and often it was in those Giannis-Papianis minutes. But you look around at the, the regular contributors – Nick Kalaitis, I thought, brought some good things, but just the the issue that always seems to plague him, just can't knock down any of his shots. He's, he's, he's George Hill. Yeah, one for six from the field. I mean, he has better no, vision it, than it's, George. It's not, yes, he, he does. He, I, I shouldn't say that. Uh, actually, maybe I should. Maybe I'm not disrespecting George Hill. Maybe that's what I should be doing. They're kind of equal in the sense, like, he, wasn't, he passed up a wide-open shots. There's I think this one he's, point where he he kicked, like Giannis kicked it out to him for a wide open three, and then he passed it back to Giannis who had two defenders on. It was probably the right call the way he was shooting, and that's the issue. I, I think but he's t- Hill. Take the shot. What else are you out there for? Pass, and that's all he did. Um, but if Giannis is creating for you, do not be the guy one pass away. Rotate out. Get someone else well, in. Call that, for a pin down. That's Something. the issue. That's the issue with the rotations, and it drove me crazy when late in the first half, and I believe in the second half as well, Giannis was sitting to rest. Kalaitis had three fouls. I get it. You want to. You need to sit him too. But those two, I think, should have been staggered. I think Kalaitis is at his best when Giannis probably isn't out there, and he's able to work the ball more. He doesn't accomplish much off the ball. So you know, I think these lineups we saw where Giannis is handling. Kalaitis and Papianis just aren't able to do anything out there. And then you look at Costas Papanikolaou, who had been a you know a re- regular contributor. He manages seven points on six shots in 28 minutes. Salukas had one really nice shot. It was the only shot he made. He had eight points in 23 minutes. The rest were on free throws. So, I mean, you really look at a Greece team where none of the starters contributed except for Giannis and sort of Tyler Dorsey. I'll give credit to Dorsey. At least he got shots up to get points. You need points. He looked totally unsettled when he had to be the lead guard 
when uh, Kalathis was in foul trouble. At least Kalathis organized the offense a little bit better. But Dorsey was was really getting pressured by the evil Dennis Schroeder and just didn't look good. And then they had to have Slukas play point guard, and that's not really his his thing. It seemed to throw him off. He wasn't able to accomplish too much. Did have three assists but two turnovers, and again, just wasn't able to score. So for the Greek team, I think it's – we can look at scheme, and I, I certainly think there were some clear issues, and just the energy level. Also, at the end of the day, if none of your starters except Giannis play well, that's not a good recipe. We've seen that with the Bucks plenty of times. No, I mean, when Giannis is your only starter, clips like double figures, it's it's a recipe. For Giannis and Dorsey. Dorsey, started, Dorsey right? excuse, me, yeah. excuse me, yeah, 13 points. But he was he was the only efficient player on this team. Like, he's 12 of 17 from two, 13 of 22 from the field overall, like 59%. That's really good efficiency. Four for eight from the free throw line. Yeah. First time, yeah. first time he looked bad at free throws in Eurobasket. Had to yeah. happen eventually. Otherwise, he'd been dominating at the line. Yeah, and it happened again. The ref sort of ref sort of threw him off. Yeah, uh, his routine tossed him the ball too early. He has to go talk to him. one thing on that. It's almost if you're like a referee, like I get it. You're trying to follow the rules, whatever. Do it consistently. Make it a habit. Don't just try to throw because at that point. You're purposely throwing one player off, and you know it. Yeah. Right? Like, if you're going to do it, do it consistently. I mean, I, I don't – I think the only – my only retort there would be, like, how many players take that long, and so that would even happen. No, but I'm just saying, like, for Giannis, I'm saying. Yeah. Like, treat him – do it the do the same routine every oh, time. Oh, I see what Otherwise, you're Otherwise, you're just yeah. messing things up on purpose. Yeah, I suppose. I don't know. That's that's tiny. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. In the grand scheme of things. The four missed free throws is not what did in Greece in this game. No, no, it is not. Uh, but yeah, just just a disappointing performance from the Greek team here. Aside from Giannis, Giannis was awesome. Yeah, again, I thought, I thought defensively he didn't bring it, but he also carried he, so much yeah, load he offensively. He also had to do he had to do everything offensively. You can't be the bigger team and the slower team while also getting out rebounded, and that's what happened. And that's a really that combined with Germany shooting, like that's just such a hole, and eventually Greece couldn't dig their way out of it any longer. Yeah, it's just they were they it's, at one point. You, this is what you can't do. They at one point gave up a twenty to one run to start the third quarter. That's that first, should never first five happen. minutes of the quarter. And the shots they were point. taking, it was either Giannis just like you know trying to barrel through everybody. It wasn't working. Dorsey, ta- Dorsey took some really questionable shots in this game and, and in that run, too. Slukas, the same. And it's just like, man, you just need to get organized and get a look at the rim or a better jumper when you're giving up a run like that. They never did. And, and that, again, that third quarter was was the difference. Greece barely managed 10 points in a whole period. You know, that'll do it. In and in a, as you said, basically a game seven. All of these are game sevens, right? Yeah, reminds reminds you a little bit of uh, Celtics game seven. Um, Green no, Williams because it's super hot. It's just because that one was excusable. They just like the it made sense that the Bucks ran out of gas. Greece did not need to run out of gas like this. That's fair. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Yeah, just a just a tough showing all around, and it's 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 over for them. You, we're seeing the tweets now; just uh, everyone overcome with emotion because this it means a lot to them. It, it, you're playing for your home country; they take this stuff with pride. I I hate the notion of just like, oh yeah, Giannis, he's a uh, good thing. Obviously, it's great that he made through this healthy, but it's yeah. like, oh no, this is going to make him want to do it again. He was going to do it again anyway. He loves playing for the national team. He loves playing for his country. Let the man be happy. Right. Yeah, let you let Giannis do what he wants to do. Like Yeah, I think he's not he's not doing this to get practice reps. No. I mean it does that for him. But no, of course he wants to he wants to, you know, win with Greece like he wins with the Bucks. And I think now you look at this Greek team as Eugene pointed out in the Discord. Also, this was a Discord game for us. We were very active. If you're not yet in the Discord, gspn.info. But Eugene pointed out, you know, this is a pretty old Greek core around Giannis. And, you know, Tyler Dorsey's not that old, but Kalaitha's certainly has been a leader for this team. He's on the older side. Uh, I think Slukas is pretty – or I could be wrong. No, yeah, yeah Slukas is 32 as well. So a lot of these guys who have been mainstays are, are really aging at this point. Papa Nicolau also 32. So it's going to be interesting to see where the Greek team goes from here. I mean, I think – you know, the shift to maybe being more centered around the Atetokounmpo's could be happening. I don't know. I, I think certainly someone else needs to step up, whether that's – I think Tyler Dorsey is in kind of a position where if he comes to the next international competition after a good year with the Mavs, either in their G League team in the NBA or both, he could be poised to really step up. But certainly I think the Greek team needs somebody who's able to stand up and prove themselves as – a player who can at least take some pressure off of Giannis because that's what we did not see in this game. And that's really, you know, two or three guys like that. And you can be like Slovenia where, 
you know, they're getting by with Luca doing so much lifting and just a couple key contributors doing enough for that team to advance. Yeah, I know we talked about before uh, with Eugene on a previous episode, like Panos Kalatsikis, like he, he's a guy who's yeah. well regarded as a young prospect. Uh, if you're not familiar, he's uh, Yorgos Kalatsikis' twin brother. Yeah, I wonder uh, if we'll see both of them on the team next time around. We might, we might, you never know. Uh, but there, there certainly is some young talent there uh, with Greece. But you need to make that shift. You have to obviously make that shift. It's just... It's this this feels like a little bit of a turning point. I think they'll mostly keep the same squad together for uh, World Cup qualifiers and Olympic qualifiers because that's going to be coming up in like the next year. So, yeah, right. Like they'll, they'll keep that same squad. It's not that it's not that old. I mean, yeah, it's keep... it's not that old, but it's certainly, you know, I, I do feel it's like every, every competition like from Bucks. here. Yeah, every competition from here, there's just going to be need to be more and more seeded to. The younger guys. And it can't just be honest because I think they already gave him as much as any one player can have in, in this competition. And it clearly, like, they needed more around him than just Giannis. Kalathis is 33, by the way. God, he plays like he's 47. I know. He looks like it, too. Um, he, he, kinda, he looks a little bit like Josh Oppenheimer. Maybe they switched places and that's why there was some difficulty. Sorry, Josh Oppenheimer. Don't mean to come at your b-ball abilities or anything. I mean, I think that's pretty good for Josh. I mean, he, that would coach, be pretty good. Yeah. That, I mean, if you score I a think basket, that's a compliment. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe he thinks he's that good that he would be dominating. In that, I could, I could see Josh being that kind of guy. <laughs> I, I think that's know. enough. I think that's enough. Josh Oppenheimer psyche valve for the for this episode. That's fair. Uh, but what what did you think of uh, here? Should, should we talk about Germany? We should probably talk about Germany. Yeah, um, Franz is next up. Franz is a he, he's Franz good. is he's next really up. Good. He he was dealing with an ankle injury and he kind of kind of made his way through that. As was Giannis, by the way. Like yeah, that's true. Still did all this, like pretty insane. Yeah, I mean, we we kind of it's unfair, but we expect that from Giannis. Yeah. But Franz Wagner, five of seven from distance, including that insane sort of uh, hardened step back three on Giannis, which just it just encapsulated the entire night. But Franz Wagner is yeah. really good. He was able to finish in traffic. He was able to weave his way through defenders. He obviously was shooting well from the perimeter. Orlando's got a good one. Yeah, no, I, I like him a lot, and I think I, I think he might really turn some heads in the NBA this season. The way he handles, he shoots, he scores, he's fluid out there, and he's a gamer. And I just think, yeah, I was very impressed by him. Uh, Daniel Tice played well. Not as to, just to quickly allude back to the Czech Republic game, Greece outlasted uh, a tough performance from that team. Really, you might remember Jan Vesely as an NBA draft bust for the Wizards. He played really well. I think he was like 10 for 12 from two against Greece, but they managed to overcome Jan and, and get the win in that game. 10-13. 10-13, that's what it was. Somewhat similar, I think, of the rest of the Greek team, though, really not doing all that much. Um, the next leading scorer after Giannis, it was a good Kalathis game. That made the difference. He had 14 uh, points on 5-for-8 shooting. Then Papetru at 13, Slukas at 10. So, yeah, again, another game where nobody... I mean, Kalaitis was good, ten and or fourteen and six, but 
nobody really stepping up like Tyler Dorsey was able to early in competition and be a true second guy. And I think that just makes it so much harder for Giannis. Yeah, it really does. What did uh, Tyler Dorsey, 3 of 12 in uh, the Eurobasket knockout stage from, from deep? Yeah. Just, it's not going to cut it. After, after a very strong start, just fell apart in that second in, in these last two games, the games that matter. Yeah, I was going to say, it's tough because those are the games that really matter. Yeah, but that first game, Giannis, it, it was less dominant, I would say, but just as effective. Well, it was, it was, he had a really, I think he had like four points in the first half and he ends with 27, 10, and five with a block. Um, so it was like a classic Giannis you know, things aren't going early and he's just going to figure it out. And that was, we saw that Giannis every game, every big game. He was never terrible. We're just not going to see that from Giannis anymore. He's always going to be, you know, 27 plus points, around 10 rebounds, five-ish assists. Like that's the baseline, even against really strong teams that are selling out entirely to stop him. It, it's It shouldn't be understated how impressive he continues to be in like every aspect of basketball. Every time we see him, he's doing something like this. It's it's just absolutely ridiculous at this point. We, uh, we're we lucky. We'll say that. We're yeah. very lucky to be able to watch a guy like Giannis play the game of basketball. Uh, what did you think overall can be taken away from Giannis's performance here at Eurobasket? The spacing around him is really important. And I, honestly, I think I changed my mind about the Walker Kesslers of the world. Because watching him with Papianis, and Greece has bigger spacing issues outside of the 4-5 than, than the Bucks do. But watching him with Papianis, it was just gross. And you kind of understand why, I mean, Serge is whatever. It can theoretically shoot. He will shoot. Maybe not make them, but he will shoot. Uh, you understand, though, why the Bucks were choosy about bringing in like a young big. Because really, I think if the spacing isn't there, we kind of saw it. It gets a little ugly. So I do think the positive... It, the positives were there too, but I think on the negative side, the Bucks are going to need to find like a very not you can't nothing can be very unique, but a pretty uniquely skilled young player if they are looking for a true new five going forward. I just don't know if it can be a guy who is not a threat to shoot. Yeah, it's uh, I almost take that negative that you said into a positive. Because we saw that Giannis, even without like great spacing, True. Was still performing really, really yeah, well. Yeah, it's not a negative on Giannis. It's like a it's a negative on how hard the Bucks team building is going to be. Yes, it's a positive sure. that Giannis still figured it out enough for sure. Yes, he he manipulates the space that he has to his advantage in such a in such a masterful way, and that was on full display throughout his uh, soiree with the Greek national team this summer. Yeah. Uh, but uh, just overall, one thing that really stood out to me about Giannis was his passing. Mm-hmm. I mentioned that in this game, but it's so effortless. It's absolutely effortless. We saw this a lot last regular, like last season with the Bucks, regular season and playoffs. I shouldn't just say regular season. Uh, but just his playmaking is insane. His vision is absolutely ridiculous. He sees passes before they even before the window opens. He's leading players to their spots, and that's what he's he was allowed to do that a lot because he was in complete control of this Greece offense for good reason. And he made the best of it. He was there by far their best playmaker, by far their best passer. I mean, I think Kalaitis is a better passer, but I think Giannis was the most effective playmaker. Kalaitis has better vision than Giannis. 
No, I disagree. Yeah, no, he does. I think Kalathis, he here's the thing though, we're not gonna know if he has better vision than Giannis because let's say he sees something, he's not gonna take advantage of it. I think he did for a lot of, of large part. I think the problem with Kalathis in this tournament was they that it, like he wasn't on ball enough. And a lot of the time he was, by the end of it, he like basically just got the ball to Giannis in the post, which is fine. But again, that's why, you know, I really think opening up the floor is good for everybody, but I thought Staggering those two would have made a lot of sense because in the earlier games, including I think one Giannis set, um, Kalitas like had some beautiful passes to Costas and Thanasis and Giannis a little bit early on, and I think you know they probably could have unlocked a little more of that for him, but instead he ends up out there, you know, just chilling at the three point line with nobody afraid of him. I, I don't think he was put in a good position, but I do think he is like a top tier playmaker and passer and. That just wasn't utilized too. enough. I think he is too. I just think Giannis is better. It's fair. I think Giannis is better at everything else as it relates to basketball. I just don't know about that one. Agree to disagree. Yeah. Uh, but just regardless, regardless of where we rank him next to Nick Kalathis, Giannis's passing was amazing. Like yeah. you can agree, like his vision was ridiculous. Yeah. The the one to Dorsey in this game in particular was a dime. Yeah, and even in transition, when he was gathering, like when he was getting defenders attached to him, he was immediately throwing lead passes to uh, to uh, players who could cut and get to the basket because he was drawing so much attention. As soon as he saw like a shoulder turn, he was taking advantage of that space, and it was just it was beautiful, beautiful to watch. And it's going to be on bigger display with NBA space. Yeah, and, and, uh, and better quality offensive players as well as just more spacing. Like Chris Middleton is going to be able to do more with the ball than Papa Nicolau was in this tournament, for example. So, yeah, really excited to watch Giannis continue to level up. I thought as well his post work was good, although he kind of had to go away from it just because teams were just sending so many bodies. There was nowhere for him to post up. But I thought up through a lot of this tournament, he looked calm and composed in the post and getting up more hook shots, which I still think that's going to be a very important shot in Giannis's arsenal as he continues to age. And not, not that he needs to rely on it this season or anything, but 35-year-old Giannis, I think, is going to take a lot of hook shots because of how difficult they are to stop. So I thought that was good. But yeah, certainly his passing stood out. We all knew he'd be able to dunk a lot, and he did, and it was still awesome. But seeing the rest of his game also, and we talked about the free throws were good until this last game. Um, a lot of positives for Giannis. I, I don't think you could ever look at this performance and go have any issue with it um, in, in any sense. I think he was great all throughout. He's getting better. Yeah. He's absolutely still getting better, which is ridiculous. I'll yeah. say it every year because it happens every year, but it's ridiculous. Exactly. Um, should, we, should we talk about what this, what's the ramifications of this tournament, we shall say? Sure. Okay, I have one. And okay. I, that's, that's what the segment is. Um, Dennis Schroeder. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. I, I thought it was like what this means for basketball. And I was like, I don't know. We have a lot of young, fun young players. Yeah, we do. We do. We do have a lot of fun young players. Andreas Obst. Yeah, he, he was killing I don't know if he's young. Hold deep. on. 26. Andreas Obst, six foot three, five for seven from deep. Go off? He yeah. did go off. He did, uh, yeah. But okay, Schroeder. Yeah, let's do it. Yes. So there's been this there's been this sort of movement to try to get Dennis Schroeder to sign with the Bucks because he currently is without a team, without an NBA team. And it's going to be a lot more of that coming, especially when Dennis Schroeder puts up 26 points on 15 shots 
uh, with eight assists and knocks out Giannis in Eurobasket. For me, this is an easy decision. Stay away from Dennis Schroeder. I do not want to see him on the Milwaukee Bucks whatsoever. Ty, it is very easy for me to explain this. One, this guy uh, is hated by Mike Budenholzer. You can go back and see their history. Uh, A lot of people want to ignore that fact that Mike Budenholzer is still the coach of the Milwaukee Bucks and will be for a while. Does not like Dennis Schroeder. He's benched him multiple times. They've gotten into arguments about who should be the starting point guard when uh, Bud was in control and it was him versus Jeff Teague. And you just sort of get into a lot of that dynamic. Those two, not on the best of terms. Uh, So I do not think that uh, even if Dennis Schroeder were to come onto this team, it would not bode well for the chemistry. And he would not play because Bud does not like the guy. Two, uh, this guy, uh, he has a history of battery, assault charges uh, to his name. He has a his- uh, not a history. He is currently anti-vax. Uh, he is a guy who thrives on ball and only thrives on ball. And that is not something you want to see coming into this Milwaukee Bucks team. I was digging up some stats. I talked about this with you before we started recording. Uh, his best like efficiency season was probably his 1920 season with Oklahoma City, where he's in contention for sixth man of the year. If you look at his per uh, 36 minute stats, they're incredible. Uh, 22 points, you get uh, almost five assists, almost, like four rebounds, and uh, it's just insane true shooting. You have 57.5 percent true shooting. You're like, oh my goodness, what what is this? How how does Dennis Schroeder get these numbers? Take a look at his usage percentage. That's all I'm going to say. 27.2%. Ty, you already know the answer to this. Do you know what Chris Middleton? Chris I forgot. Ca- I forgot okay, already. You don't know the answer. Chris yeah. Middleton's career high in usage was this past season. And it was at, what was it at? Uh, it was at 26.7%. So you want to have a guy who only thrives when he has the ball in his hands more than Chris Middleton? who also is hated by his coach, does not seem like a good guy, and wants to be in a locker room where Chris and Giannis, by their own quote, do not tolerate a-holes in their locker room. You want that guy on the team? Also, stupid hair. Why? Really stupid hair, I think. Just, I don't understand it. Dennis Schroeder should not be on this Bucs team. There, I, I feel very, very strongly about There that. is an idea that the Bucks really want him and there's no issue with Bud because of the trade buzz at the deadline. And I just think it's worth noting that all the reporting on that is that the Celtics offered Schroeder for Dante and the Bucks were like, uh, include Grant Williams and it's a ATS. I think it's safe to say that that trade was not about Dennis Schroeder for the Milwaukee Bucks. And if they really wanted him that badly, like... They have an open roster spot right now. He's been a free agent for three months, two months officially, two and a half. Yeah. If he's so good, why has no one signed him? Mark Stein just reported he's probably going to have a a contract by the end of the the tournament now because the teams are impressed by him. But I, I just... I don't think the Bucks were dying to why, add Dennis Schroeder. Th- why do you think he thrives so well with this German national team? Because he has the ball in his hands the entire time. If you're bringing a guy like Dennis Schroeder in, you're taking the ball away from guys like Chris, guys like Giannis, guys like Drew. Why? Why do you want to throw off the chemistry? Why do you want to mess this up? I don't get it. 
Yeah, I mean, he has good stats, and he just beat Giannis, and he had a good game. So I get it. I just but I you, agree you with you. To, you have to look deeper into it, though. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, we do. I, I don't think everyone does. It's a lot of casual Bucks fans. You see, you know, 13 points per game. He's available. Let's go get him. He's, what, 27? He's pretty young. Maybe not that young. What is he, 29? Uh, There's no way he's 30 yet, right? Maybe he is. No. No way. He can't be. Because it was Giannis' draft. He'll be 29 in two days. Yeah. So I get it, but I I agree with you, and I would really not like to see Dennis Schroeder on the Bucks in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Can, Can we just stop it? I just, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Javon Carter will help the Bucks win more than Dennis Schroeder ever could, and Easily. that's that. Easily, that shouldn't even be a question. That's the Lakers, my Dennis Schroeder, the Lakers tried and failed to pay him eighty million dollars, and now they're really happy about it, and he's still a free agent. And I believe those things tell you a lot about if Dennis. You, Schroeder. If you want to talk about him as a decision maker, not just in basketball, he turned on 80 million to take the mid-level exception and then be out of the league. Yeah. So, do you do you want that guy to have the ball in his hands making decisions? When's the, the last box? time a team wanted him? When the Lakers offered him 80 million, I guess. I feel like the Celtics yeah. were just like, oh, "I guess we'll sign him if he's still we, here." We need a point guard. <laughs> yeah, okay, sure. And even then, and then they were like, we don't we don't need this. The Celtics oh yeah. got rid of Dennis and then they Schroeder got rid of him and got immediately and better. They became the best team in the NBA for the rest of the season right after they dumped him. Absolutely incredible. Like, you can have Marcus Smart running your offense, and it's better for the team than having Dennis Schroeder at point guard. Did he play with the Rockets at all? Yeah, he did. Uh, 15 yeah, games. He 15 games, yeah. Well, no wonder. They wanted to lose. So that makes perfect sense. He started sense. four games. He came off the bench for 11 games for a Rockets team that's trying to lose. If that doesn't sum up the Dennis Schroeder experience, I don't understand. I don't know what will. Yeah. 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 That's, that's what I needed to get off my chest. I- no, I get it. I don't like the guy either. Seeing it, he's so he was so cocky in this game. And I just... I've, I don't need any more Dennis Shooter in my life. That's for sure. Why? Yeah. Again, I'll say this again. Why do you want to bring in a guy who can disrupt the chemistry of a team that is ironclad, led by Giannis and Chris? Yeah, he is the antithesis of a uh, of a good a classic Bucks player in yes. many ways. Bombards locker rooms. Adam McGee hates him. That should be enough. But <laughs> speaking of divisive guards, let's tease something that we talked about. We haven't firmly scheduled it yet. But you know what I'm talking about? Morden Markson. Oh, yes. <laughs> I don't know why I tried it. That didn't code like the listeners will have no idea. No idea what that means. But we're planning at some point to do a potentially live pod debating the merits of the Bucks adding Jordan Clarkson, who Rohan is also against, but not as much, I hope. And I am, I'm in favor of the Bucks taking a look at trading for Jordan Clarkson now. After previously not being such. And I'm excited to detail my rationale. And now that we're truly in off-season mode, no more Mamu games, no more Giannis games, maybe we can figure this out like next week. Yeah, let's do it. We, it, is, it is officially time where we're just gearing up for training camp. It's not that far. Be, yeah. Yeah, it's in like two weeks, isn't it? Yeah. We already had uh, the golf outing. We had a Pat Cotton article with Eric Name of The Athletic. Some fun quotes. Yeah, everyone Good stuff. seems to be in town for the most part. Yeah, except for Giannis and Thanasis. Yeah, and Josh Oppenheimer. Tyler Dorsey. I think the Tyler Dorsey steam is 
calmed down. Worn off a little bit. Yeah. Uh, when does training camp usually start? It's late September, isn't it? Because yeah, the preseason is early October. Yeah, so in like two, three weeks here, we're going to see players reporting to camp. Like a lot of players, like I mentioned, are already in Milwaukee. Like Bobby, I know Bobby's here, Pat's here. I think Javon's here. I think Serge might be here. Or Serge is not going to go win some Grammys. But uh, did you have you li- we need do we do a pod on Serge's album? We might have to. Have you listened to it yet? I ha- I've listened to snippets. I haven't listened to the whole thing. It's good. Like I, it's, there's there's some bops in there. I I'll have to listen. I've not listened at all, so I'll have to right before we record a pod about it. I'll give it my first listen. And then, yeah, how, what are we? We're like three weeks away from the slave labor games? Yep. Sick. Really excited for those. The Abu Dhabi uh, games. Yeah, I was I was very confused about what you meant. Then it clicked. Yep. And I completely agree with you. I was going to say, understand. I'm not, for once, for once, I'm not actually being wildly out of pocket. <laughs> no, for, for some reason, the Bucks are still playing games in Abu Dhabi and taking uh, uh, money from sources that they should not be. Yeah. For moral reasons. Yeah. But they are. And we will we will cover it for you. Will we? We will we'll voice our abject opinions against it, but also yeah. tell you what happened. Okay. That sounds that sounds fair. Yeah. We, we we do cover the bucks, so we'll say that, but we also have morals. Yeah. We'll say that. Yeah. And that's how it's gonna be on the Eurostep Podcast Network. If you don't like it, don't listen. We don't care. Well, just listen on mute. We could still use the download if you want to. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to be nice. Yeah. <laughs> but I think you agree with my general point. But uh, yeah, yeah, I do. But yeah. Yeah, we don't we, care. A lot, lot of loose ends here in terms. Only one loose end, I should say, in terms of the Bucks, and that remains Jordan Wara's uh, contract situation. That'll be ongoing. Uh, but yeah, it's it's officially the doldrums of the off season for the next two weeks. Yeah, we're we're at a point where if there's a Jordan Wara move, it's like an emergency pod level thing because we just we're now out of stuff. Yep, we're we're officially out, and I think uh, I think we're out of stuff for this episode here too. Todd. One last thing. Yeah, of course. Still manifesting the Chris Middleton extension. Yes, that is another loose end. Still, it, I mean, it's not that loose because it could very easily just not be anything, whereas something has to happen with Wara. But still manifesting the Chris Middleton extension. Fingers oh, crossed. Sure. Fingers crossed. And manifesting good health for Chris Middleton. Yes. Speaking of arm appendages. <laughs> I'm off the rails here. Let's yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you for listening to this episode of the Eurostep here on the Eurostep Podcast Network. Like we mentioned, we're going to be planning to do some uh, some Jordan Clarkson debates here, potential live pod. We'll get you the details as soon as we get that settled. Uh, but yeah, keep it here. Make sure you listen to Talk of the Tundra, Cruising for a Bruising, I'll Make Time for This, Win at Six, all the links you can find on gspn.info. Uh, make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening to this podcast, whether it's on YouTube and watching it. Or on your podcast platform of choice, make sure you're subscribed. Leave a like on YouTube, like we mentioned up top. Thumbs up. Uh, But yeah, uh, pod random, and we will talk to you next time. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System, 
If you haven't heard of the EE system yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.